0: and welcome to the 52nd episode of the I Race We Gamble podcast. I'm one of your hosts Alex Crum, joined again by Josh Simer.
1: Crum off to a new track, Gateway. Gonna be uh, interesting to see what happens here.
0: Yeah, it's um we were kind of talking about what track it most resembles and maybe it's a New Hampshire like um but with some properties of Darlington. Um Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm curious how this will race uh, with the new cup cars and everything. Um, I feel like of the tracks we've seen, Phoenix might be the closest, so kind of keep that in mind, but that was also early in the season, so really, who knows? Just like every other week, we don't know. But we'll try to tell you what we think. Um, (laughs) And be sure to follow us on Twitter, at iRaceWeGamble. That's where we'll share live updates after practice and qualifying, and uh, if we hear any news, where we'll be sharing it. So be sure to give us a follow over there to keep up with who we like going into the race on Sunday. Speaking of racing, uh did a little bit of iRacing tonight. Josh, it, it turns out that if I race on podcast day, I just win. Interesting. Yeah, last week after the podcast, I did a race, as I mentioned, and won that race, truck series race. And before this pod tonight, I was like, oh, I should probably do a race. Uh, I have time. Um, at Gateway, just because it's been a while since I've raced there, it's not like a usual track. obviously, it's not normally on the NASCAR Cup calendar. Um, so I did a truck race at Gateway and just basically dominated the whole race, which was nice. um so great win for me over there. Um I'm probably gonna do a lot of Arca at Vegas this week because I think that'll probably be a fun combination of cars. But uh, yeah, that's I, I don't know how much I'll actually get to do because work and house things and everything has been pretty crazy lately, but um, we'll try to get a couple of races in over the next uh, couple days here. Um, I also had a chance to watch some of the eNASCAR Coke Series race, um, basically just sort of watched it in the background while I was doing other things, but I uh, did see that there was sort of a caution in the middle of green flag pit stops that threw everything off, but it did give Malik Ray, uh, who I always root for, some great tra- track position that he took advantage of to get a fourth place finish. So really cool to see that from him. Um, and then the winner of the race was Graham Boland from the Charlotte Phoenix team. And that's pretty cool because uh, David Childhouse is a, a big part of that team. And he, I'm a regular, you know, sort of contributor to his community and sort of watches his videos on YouTube and stuff, Raced against him a number of times, so he's a really good guy to race against, and I'm uh, happy to see him have some success in the Coke series with that team. Um, but yeah, like I said, not not doing as much iRacing lately. I know there's Season 3 coming. There's supposedly a new damage model for the Cup cars. I don't know how much that'll actually be improved because I don't think they've got the composite bodies really modeled well at all, but eh, we'll see. Um, and I really need to up- upgrade my safety rating because uh, I didn't check it after that Win, but it was pretty low, and if I had left it where it was, I think I would get demoted to B class, um which I've done before. It's usually like temporary. You can easily climb out of B class quickly if you know what you're doing. Um, so yeah, just gonna try to increase my safety rating and get some experience at ArCA, Vegas, and maybe a little bit more gateway. Probably try at least one cup race there. Okay, Josh. Uh, enough about. My racing, let's talk about the F1 racing. Um they were in Monaco, the prestigious Monaco before the Indy five hundred and the Coke six hundred. The I heard Jeff Gluck calling it the uh Christmas Motorsports of Christmas, Christmas of Motorsports. Is that something like that?
1: Some yeah, something like that. Either combo works. <laughs>
0: um but the start of that race was pretty bad. Um I think it, we at least were talking about it. I think in the morning, um, where they just couldn't seem to decide whether they were starting the race or not, or whether it was a problem that they had rain tires or not. Or you caught any of that or no?
1: I did not. I was working on my house all all
0: weekend. Oh, that's right. I think it was. Um, I think it was someone else I was texting with. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, I had it those... on the
1: TV, I was working on my porch, and I didn't look through the window
0: once. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Um, I mean, for the first 40 minutes, you didn't miss much because it was literally just uh, them delaying the race because of weather, almost starting the race and then not starting the race, and then starting the race under a safety car. Um, but ultimately, Ferrari sort of took off with the lead um over the red bulls kind of standard monaco but as the track dried out people were switching on to intermediate tires or slick tires depending on what strategy they went with and ultimately the way ferrari handled all of that strategy just botched leclerc's race um he's, he should have won the last two races and instead he got a dnf and a fourth so feels bad for him he's losing the championship now. Uh, Sergio Perez was able to come away with the victory so he's now becoming more of a championship contender um, so Red Bull might not have it as easy as they thought if uh, Perez and Verstappen are more battling each other rather than um, you know one guy supporting the other but uh, there's a really good breakdown of all the pit stop strategies stuff I mentioned um, from Joylen Palmer uh, he does some stuff for F1 on YouTube, put a link in that link to that in the description of this episode in the show notes so check that out if you want to know more about the pit strategy mistakes that ferrari made um but yeah lineup wise uh perez did very well for me um i still love having perez signs and botas alongside ferrari and the claire like that feels like really good um but Magnussen is the only driver who fits in there or Schumacher, but they both got us negative six or negative eight points this week. So that lineup has a downfall, but ultimately I still like it and Leclerc could have finished with even more points. I think it probably would have broke 200 if he, if he had managed to win because I had him as my turbo. But uh Josh, yeah, your your lineup did a uh, decent. It wasn't your best week, but are you I mean, just gut reaction looking at your lineup is there anything you think you need to change? Yeah,
1: the Hamilton experience is over. Yeah. I've already made the change back to Verstappen, but everything else I'm going to keep as it is for now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, it wasn't a terrible idea at the time, but ultimately like, yeah, that team just hasn't found enough speed or shot. I mean, not only that, Hamilton has been sort of second to Russell pretty consistently. So not great. Um, Sarah didn't beat us this week. She only got 124. to here 143. So um, she's, she set a reminder in her, uh, I think, phone or calendar to actually set her lineup before qualifying this next race. Um, because she actually wanted to change some things, but it was too late by the time she had thought of it last week, or this past week. So, I'm get- she's getting more involved. She's, she's going to come for us, but we'll see if she has enough. She's down on budget, yeah, so I feel like it's going to be way too hard. She's too far back now. Yeah. Well, I'll keep track of the score from this point forward, since I know she's paying attention now, and just, just to see how-, how well she does. All right, let's talk about the Coke Six Hundred, Josh. It was uh, it was quite a race. It was many argued one of the most wild and crazy Coke Six Hundreds in ever. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the playoff situation didn't change much. Although someone did point out that Denny Hamlin getting a second win means that he is now above everyone with one win. So if we do get more than sixteen winners, normally you'd think oh, the guy furthest down in points would be the one kicked out. Well, if that is Denny Hamlin, it won't be him because he has two wins, not one. So that's actually very nice for him. He has a a much bigger cushion now because no matter what, he is definitely locked in the playoffs at this point, regardless of how many winners
2: we have. Good for for him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: incredible the season. He's having to still have two checkered flags
0: yeah I mean, we, so we, we were I think you had asked me, or maybe you have an idea about this, but the 99 and the eight, and if Denny didn't have these two wins, you could throw them in there, like of those three drivers, aside from Denny now, uh like who's having the most unlucky season because uh, yeah,
1: oh, I, I want your take on this one
0: um. So I'm gonna argue Suarez because it feels like more of his in- incidents aren't as self-induced. I feel like Reddick oftentimes oversteps the whatever boundary uh he's treading and that usually ends up getting him in trouble. It's not always his fault by any means, but I think Suarez is more unlucky in that regard.
1: Yeah, I can I can see that. Um I think I kind of lean toward Reddick and I think the only reason why it's swaying that way for me is just because of what happened at Bristol Dirt. That was his win, that was his playoff ticket. And uh, Briscoe did his patent drive too hard into the corner and lose the back end of the car.
0: Yeah, he's he's apparently been practicing that move uh, because he did it again this week on like two laps to go against Kyle Larson. Although he must have learned because he didn't he didn't take out Larson this time, right? So No, and he
1: didn't really take himself out either.
0: Yeah, what did he still finish like fifth or something? Or what was it? He's still in the ID lineup, that's for sure. Hey, just a quick editor's note here our recording cut out around this time Uh, josh was talking about goodyear and tires a little bit and this is my reply to him so what i was wondering and i don't know that they could do this because it might screw up what the teams have in terms of setups like it might favor a team over another and that would look bad but i wonder if nascar could say hey everyone has to actually meet the minimum air pressure requirements like you're not allowed to go below them um, it might also be really hard to police that might be another I- issue with that idea, so I don't know what the downfalls of that are, but I feel like that should at least be explored is something like, hey, could we make this work? um just because like we obviously don't want everyone blowing tires randomly every race. It's kind of annoying. It's <laughs> also a little dangerous, maybe, yeah, from a gambling standpoint,
1: it really sucks, but I'm <laughs> not anticipating any changes until the off season
0: Yeah, that's that's probably right. It would give them time to more reassess. I also I think it was I can't remember what podcast, but oh, I think when Denny Hammond was on Dale Jr.'s podcast, he was like NASCAR needs to figure out what it needs to change with the tires because the tires that we need for next year are going to be starting production like now because of supply chain and all that stuff like every, they have to get a head start on all these like changes to the parts and pieces or tires so hopefully that uh ball is rolling and uh they're figuring it out but remains to be seen um mentioned a little bit of the ideal lineup with the 14 finishing fourth um you also had ross Chastain, stenhouse just somehow delivers the top 10 again Harvick, who just found a way to finish third. I didn't see him all night until the end. And then, uh, somehow Kyle Larson, with the <laughs> with the most ridiculous night ever, finishes ninth and has scored the most points, because it was 51 laps led in his 27 spots that he picked up. So, interesting eye for Larson. He's your top point scorer. Um, nailed the locks. Uh, I had the 11. You had the one. Yours was slightly better. Um, and also the eleven and the eighteen who finished one two were not in the ideal lineup, which I was telling you, Josh, I don't know that I've ever remember that ever happening.
1: Yeah, that's definitely an odd occurrence. It kinda of, kinda of is a little bit of a snapshot, I think, of just how I, I get I don't want to say zany, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> uh the end of just the end of the race was the whole race, honestly. And um, hey, correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think it was the longest 600 ever
0: uh, in terms of miles. Yeah, because they did two. They did double overtime, so it ended up being like 618 point something miles, I believe.
1: Man, it had to be close for time frame too.
0: In terms of like actual race time, probably. Uh, but there's plenty of like obviously weather delayed ones that you know start time to finish time. It's like the next day, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a wild race. I mean, I <laughs> there's a couple of wrecks there that Kyle Bush avoided that I was shocked by. I mean, I didn't even mention the fact that like Kyle Bush was leading early and spun out when Suarez passed him. Suarez and um Chastain looked like the dominant team, like with that whole like third stage, I think it was, that they were like leading.
1: Uh, yeah, stage three, because Suarez got involved in the in the nonsense in
0: the fourth stage yeah which was really interesting i've watched replays and i think uh suarez's post-race interview said he just got tight uh because there were two cars too wide in front of him so he came up more than he wanted to and when he came up his rear bumper basically slid into chase briscoe's front bumper causing him to spin out i think that's what happened um i don't know if you saw it any differently or had any other remarkable incidents that you thought were interesting?
1: I mean, every incident
0: was remarkable, right? <laughs> I suppose. That's I think we have so that means we have to talk about all 15 of them or
1: No, but we haven't even mentioned Chris Busher yet.
0: No, and he's a big news topic for both this weekend and last weekend. Um, has COVID, won't be racing this weekend, so I think I might have even mentioned him earlier today as a potential a uh, good like value bet play, but never mind. Um, and yeah, in that race, he flipped right upside down, really shockingly, too, because you know, I don't think anyone expected it in that moment when it started.
1: No, absolutely not. But then he just got caught up the right way, and the tire broke, and he, the corner of his car jammed into the ground, and off he went.
0: Yeah. It was it was a wild ride. I was (laughs) really shocked, but glad he was basically fine. Um, But yeah, it was wild wrecks all night. Just really insane. Um, And I think the part that's cool that maybe is frustrating for drivers, obviously, is the fact that like the cars are so on edge that like in order to make them go really fast, you have to basically be like, I can barely hold on. And then if you try to stop someone from passing you or you try to make a pass, that's when you're like, holy shit, I'm going to lose the car. And that's why you see people spin out and stuff. And I think it's, I don't know, it's just cool to see that. And I think it made for a really good race, even if it was a little too long. Um, it being the Coke 600 and knowing it's a long race to begin with kind of makes it OK to me. It's like I, I felt like I knew what I was getting myself into uh, to start with. So if that happened in a New Hampshire race and a New Hampshire race took like five hours, I'd probably be annoyed.
1: Yeah, you knew it was going to be a long one, but man, six hours—yeah, that was a mar and- that was a marathon. I mean, and Busher's incident happened so late in the race that my reaction actually woke my wife up, who was completely asleep on the couch by that point in the night.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! And then there was that like restart wreck with Blaney, and that was like, wait—I I mean, there's so many different things that happened in that race but uh, ultimately uh, you had the better by low. You had uh, actually your by low and lock were both in the ideal lineup. So that's, that's a rare feat and very impressive. Uh, but I had Kurt Busch who did, did look like a good pick until he got involved in that restart wreck. I just mentioned um, oddly enough, I don't know if you've heard anything about this, Josh, but Bubba Wallace, his teammate was also involved in that wreck, but had very minimal damage, but they only did a few fixes, they put on some old tires and put them back on the track just to like make laps before they could fix it properly. Unfortunately, when they did that, he didn't have enough speed based on like him just kind of taking it easy. Uh, and so he didn't meet minimum speed and therefore he was out of the race because he was still on the damaged vehicle clock or whatever. So Bubble Wallace's team throws away a race completely again. I don't know if you were aware of that. <laughs> I was not, but man, that team is
1: shooting itself in the foot consistently.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, they've got time to turn it around. This point system makes it possible because you know, if he gets on a hot streak late in the summer, wins at Daytona, maybe last race of the season, that can put him in the playoffs. And then you know, if he doesn't make these mistakes, it tracks like Vegas or uh, Kansas or Texas or wherever they're going, like. That could mean he actually moves on, or you know, gets to a second round, which I think is really like would be a huge step for that team. Um, but they have to turn it around and stop doing these things. Uh, Josh, you also dominated me in the draft. I didn't actually look yet at uh, what our records are after that, but I'm going to check now. Um, I'm nine and six, so you you caught up one there, and we're six and six in pre qualifying. So the nine and six is post qualifying, but your post qualifying draft was. Nuts. You had three ideal lineup drivers in there. So bravo.
1: Yeah, and that lineup would have been even better if Busher didn't flip himself.
0: Yeah. That's right. Or if True X stayed up front
1: ever.
2: But, yeah, I mean I'm not
1: gonna complain. Two point five X wins, so Yeah. We'll take that
0: all day. Yeah. Gotta enjoy the dubs. Um but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it um, for the Coke 600, I think, unless there's anything else we should say before we move on.
1: I think that covers it pretty well.
0: I agree. Um, also, I do have to say, at the end of that race, I was obviously rooting for Kyle Busch, and I really thought when he got to the outside of Denny Hamlin, kind of on that last lap, I was like, oh, he's got it. Like, he's on his outside corner. He can, he can, he can win this for sure, and then nope. So that was a little disappointing.
1: Yeah he, what, he got a little loose, right?
0: Yeah, he, he was, it was the same kind of way he got loose when Suarez was battling him for the lead, so I guess I should have seen that coming to a degree. Um, but yeah, he got loose down into turn one, trying to just keep it
2: turned off the wall But
0: unfortunate. Already, take you know. a P2 though.: Oh, of course. yeah. I mean, I'm, after the night that everyone else had, I'm, I can live with uh, that result for sure. Uh but yeah, we're going we're going to Gateway or Worldwide Technology Raceway, whichever you prefer. Um and it's a 1.25 mile track, relatively flat. Uh corners 1 and 2 are 11 degrees, 3 and 4 are 9 degrees, and 3 and 4 is also uh tighter or actually a wider radius. So you've got less banking but a wider radius in turns 3 and 4, and then in 1 and 2 it's a tighter radius but you have more banking. Um Stage lengths are 45, 95, and 100 for a total of 240 laps. And because it's a new track for the Cup schedule, they are going to have a full practice on Friday for at 4 p.m. with all the cars, I think, for a full 50 minutes. Um, and for that reason, the teams get three tire sets for practice instead of the usual one, because normally they only do like 15, 20 minutes of practice. So something to look forward to, probably around the same time this pod drops uh, is... results of practice so we'll uh we'll definitely give you thoughts if there's anything that happens in that that might give us some ideas for where we might go with lineups but um tire sets also there's nine for the race and if they pit on a normal schedule and there aren't tire issues i think that would mean they'd have plenty left over so who knows um also they're using the tire they used in phoenix and richmond and i feel like there weren't as many tire issues on those tracks in, with this tire. So maybe this, because it's not a mile and a half, won't see the same tire issues, um, but it also might be really difficult to pass and really boring. So we'll see.
2: Should we draft? Do, we need, do you need
0: any more information about the track before we move, move on?
1: I think
0: I'm ready to draft and you get to lead the way here. I do. I do go first. Um, which means I guess I should just pick whoever I think my lock is at this point. Um, I don't know who that is to be totally honest, but I think a driver that I like this week in particular is Ryan Blaney. So I'm going to take him at 10.5. I think that's good value for a higher budget guy. Um. I think the Fords struggle every. Uh, like, I think the Fords will be better here than what we usually see. Um, I think they favor this kind of racetrack. I know he's not great at Richmond, but I think Phoenix, he's, he's much better. He led early in that race. So I'm going to take Blaney first overall, and I guess I'm going to make him my lock, but I'm not, not tied to that too hard.
1: It's a very interesting first pick for you. Mm hmm. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, but Zane Smith has been added to the slate now, and they have him in at four thousand. So when you're going in and setting your lineup, ignore Busher because they haven't removed him, uh, but they have added Zane Smith in for four thousand.
2: Got it. Okay, so we did update it. Great.
0: Well, you've got the second and third pick, Josh. So, are you picking Zane Smith? Is that where we're going?
1: I am not. I'm going to just go ahead and get my lock and my buy low out of the way right now. I'm going to take my lock of Chastain.
2: Nice. And I'm going to take
1: my buy low of Stenhouse.
0: I mean, it feels like you can't go wrong with Stenhouse right
1: now. No, was it four or five top tens in a row?
2: I think it's four. But like it looked like he wasn't gonna get that
0: fourth one until good strategy even then he could hold his own up front.
1: Yeah, and for fifty three hundred that for how well he's been performing recently, that's too cheap, so I'll take him and Chastain, Bilo and Lack respectively.
0: I, I do love the Chastain pick. Um I think we've we've talked about this a few times. I remember we specifically talked about it at Phoenix. Uh, the feature of the sport, the 1, the 8, and the 14. You have the 1, so I'll take the 8 and the 14. Um, I guess I'll make... Uh, I'll, I'll continue with my Ford um, bias, or whatever you want to call it, and um, say that Briscoe is my buy low for that reason, because he is 8.5. Reddick is also a by-low candidate at 8.8, but they're both near the top of that. So, um, Give me both of them, and I'll make Chase Briscoe my by-low.
1: Well, that's a little unfortunate for me, because I wanted Briscoe for this race.
2: (laughs) I am mostly doing this draft thinking about Phoenix. So I was definitely going to want
1: to... Get that Phoenix winner there, yeah. Um, but that's okay because starting with Chastain and Stenhouse, I think gives me a little bit of wiggle room. So I'm gonna get up back up to the top of the board. I'm just gonna go ahead and take the five of Larson.
0: It's hard. It's hard to go wrong with him lately. I mean, he has all kinds of crazy stuff happening to him, and still manages to be your top point scorer or challenging for the lead, or... I mean, he he had a chance to win that race before Briscoe caused a caution by not running into him. Um, So, even if Larson didn't get taken out by Briscoe, he got taken out by Briscoe's caution. Um, So, yeah, he still had a good race. I like that pick.
2: And...
1: Boy, I really feel like I need some diversity from Chevy's but. I think I'm just going to go ahead and take the uh, second best driver on the best team in NASCAR right now. I'm going to also take the '99 of Suarez.
2: <laughs> Very well put. Maybe this will be the race where he
1: ends his unlucky streak.
0: Maybe. And you've got both trackhouse cars. I can't. I can't hate on that. They've been they've all they've been fast all year, like just waiting for them both to finish one two and hug in victory Lane or something. Let me see I think at this point, I'm gonna go back to the the well that I've been going to recently, so I'm gonna mix some of the like recent success flavor with the uh young rookie flavor um and I'm gonna take the two Bush brothers, Kurt Bush and Kyle Bush uh. They've they've really done really well lately. I mean, Kurt Busch was in a wreck, of, out of his control. Uh, but outside of that, he's running consistently top ten. Um, he's, he's the Toyotas are strong. This may not be their best track, but I think they're going to be good enough. Um, I think those drivers are good enough. So I'll go forty five and eighteen.
2: All right, yeah. and I'll
0: go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, and I have twelve hundred left over. So if I wanted to make changes, I have a little bit of room, but not much. Um, Just keep that in mind.
1: I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get my Ford share, and I'm going to go ahead and round mine out with the four of Harvick. Nice. That leaves me with 3,400 remaining budget, so I have a pretty
2: good amount of wiggle room. Yeah. So is Harvick going to sneak out another top five, top ten?
1: Top ten, probably. Top five, I just... Unless there's the series of circumstances that helps him get up there, it just doesn't seem like he has the speed. He's got enough speed to be in the leader of the middle pack, basically. But it doesn't feel like he's had anything to contend for a win. Really. And we were talking during the Coke six hundred even Briscoe and Custer looked like they had more
2: speed than Harvick. Yeah.
0: I mean it's yeah. It's hard to tell who to pick right now, but I, I I think Harvick is is really strong. Um and yeah, he's just he's been consistent and he knows how to like get to the end of races. I think I didn't really mention it during the coke 600 recap but i think part of uh what we saw in that race was some of the veterans kind of making it to the end i mean i know you got chase briscoe up there finishing fourth but like kyle bush denny hamlin kevin harvick those guys are you know the veterans and they weren't over driving it or racing too hard well kyle Bush spun himself out so i guess i can't say that but I wanted to say that like they weren't pushing their cars too hard when they didn't need to, and they got to the end of the race before they um needed to push but who did we miss josh i'm I'm thinking personally, and it's your technically pick, I guess, um so if you have someone that jumps out at you, but I was thinking Hamlin feels like a good choice to me.
2: I would agree i've also i kept scrolling down and landing on. Logano, No other reason than just my gut.
0: He's pretty good at Phoenix. That's, a, that's the best kind. Con- I mean, he's also pretty good at New Hampshire, I think. I don't actually know. Feels like he's maybe not great at New Hampshire, but not bad at all. I mean, I'm willing to go there at his price point. And if if, I'm, if my Ford theory is correct, then it's it's good for that reason. So I'll back it.
2: So we'll take Logano and Hamlin off the board. That gives us some amount of money.
1: Nine, roughly 9,000 per driver.
0: Right. So maybe dip down to... I mean, McDowell's only 4,000 again. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with
2: that. All right, so that, that, my
0: two picks, I guess, is Hamlin and McDowell. And
1: then we've got 11750 per driver left after that, which yeah. really opens up the board.
0: Yeah, it's basically the yeah. two mo- more expensive guys are Truex and Elliott. Everyone else we can afford, for sure.
1: We don't aid
2: the idea of getting Elliott in there. Yeah, he's the
0: points leader for a reason. So that leaves us with 7,750...
1: Wait. That leaves us with 11,500. Thank you. So we're looking at Byron, Bell, Bowman. Then we would have to drop down to
2: Almarola, Eric Jones.
0: I mean, I don't hate any of those names. That's the crazy part.
2: I think I'd probably Um, lean Bell.
0: Yeah. Do we have... We have one Toyota in this. I'm fine with having two. All
2: right. Lock him in. Lock him in as a guy we missed. <laughs> so when we miss him, you can say,
0: oh, but at least you didn't miss him completely. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no file leader lineups or anything like that set yet. Obviously, we want to see practice and qualifying before we give you our recommendations. But um Anyone we haven't mentioned, Joss, that like you're definitely not going to pick or definitely you know thinking about.
2: Um, I'd like to see what True X does. He's a little bit
1: curious to me. His like looking at his fantasy points, they're fine, but he's only got two top fives and seven top tens this year. The two top gonna- fives with no
2: wins is a little worrisome to me
0: yeah i think it's surprising that he doesn't feel like he's in contention for the win very often like rarely is he the guy battling for the win it's he's finishes top 10 sure but he also has some bad races i feel like he's like a more inconsistent version of uh actually that's probably not true because he's hiring points so yeah he's he's kind of like kevin harvick eric almirola but you know finishing a little bit better i guess
1: and then the only one that really jumps off the board to me that we haven't talked about at all is the 43, Eric Jones. Yeah. He just always seems to be around. It feels like he's around more than Truex this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's they, weird.
1: They they have the same amount of top 10s, and Eric Jones has one more top 5. Wow.
0: I, if you had told me the stats blind, I don't think I would have been able to figure out that Eric Jones and Mark Trix were that close.
2: No, you would never think so, right? No. All right. What's the weather look like down there in St. Louis, Josh? Or near St. Louis? Madison, Illinois. Let's see. First thing up here is hepatitis outbreak tied to strawberries. What? What you should know. I'm going to actually have to look into that. Oh, boy. The kid eats a lot of strawberries. I mean, you know. We washed them all, though, so. Yeah, I, I imagine it's not as salacious as the headline makes it out to be. Hepatitis A from strawberries, though. What the hell? Just the latest monkeypox. And the bird flu is running rampant. Jeez Louise. Um, anyway.
0: (laughs) In other weather.
1: We had... We have an 83 and partly cloudy day. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible, but the rain percentage is only at 15%.
2: Good. That's just for Sunday.
1: That's for Sunday, yeah. Um, The rest of the weekend looked. Friday and Saturday are both better. Okay. Alright. Right, right oh. now they've they've got rain rolling in late Sunday night and then storms throughout
2: that Monday coming up, but
1: as long yeah. as that stays on schedule, which we know how that goes with weather predicting.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do. Very recent experience.
1: It is Thursday evening as we're recording this, so they are pretty close. So I will give the benefit of the doubt that they got a pretty good grip on it right now. So it looks like we're going to have a pretty nice afternoon for racing.
0: Yeah, and the Gateway does have lights. So if it needs to get delayed at any point into the evening or whatever, hopefully that doesn't come into play, but just so you know.
2: All right, we'll catch you guys next week.